Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Can ghosts really get inside our bodies and live out their desires through us? Why do so many psychics seem to have messed up lives? Why don't people run into aliens with weird names anymore? Hi there, and welcome to the 426th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those wide-ranging questions emanating from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Wait, that was half question, half statement. So let's try that again. So those wide-ranging questions emanated from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. There we go. That sounds better. All right. All right. So this evening, uh, you are the guest as we offer you another. Wait, you. You? As in you? You as in the guests. The, the, the listeners. Right. Then why are they the guest? Well, because it, 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 it's sort of a rhetorical idea that they can call oh, in and oh, sorry. be heard sorry. or write in as many of them have. It's, it's... So there's no good and they have to explain it. Right. Sorry, I was. I'm. I'm sorry. I was just confused by it. I did. Uh, now, now I see it. Okay. So, All right. So, any hoodles. It is an open line show for you this evening on pretty much any paranormal subject. So, as the guy who sounds like Nick Pope said, uh, call us at two four eight five four five seven six eight five. Or, if you're listening on a computer, you should have this handy dandy little instant message gizmo on the screen. In the meantime, let's start on those emails. Here is number one. We are quite a bit of. Reaction to our show last week with Marie Silver, and here's one of them. All right. Uh, this is from uh, Leo in Warren, Michigan. So uh, Leo goes on to say, I heard uh, your show with uh, Murray last night, and I couldn't believe you were so easy on him. Ghosts causing most or all diseases? Uh, people Are dead people living their physical cravings through us? Does he mean to say that uh, if we could just rid ourselves of these, quote, hitchhikers, unquote, uh, we would be all balanced and happy. And then he, I won't say the last part. Okay. All right. Well, you get the point. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, easy on Murray. I mean, Murray, uh, we know Murray well. He's, he's a dear friend. And we, uh, it's not that we treat people nicely when we know them better, but uh, I have tremendous respect for Murray. Uh, he's certainly one of the most respected people uh, in my life. And, and of course, that doesn't mean I agree with him, as you could see if you listen to the show. The issue is that um, we're getting back into a very old idea here. This isn't Murray's idea that uh, ghosts or you know, whatever you mean by that or spirits or some kind of thing like this affects us, uh, affects our health. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to get into last week but didn't really have time because it's, you know, it's only an hour show. Uh, but what, what, what we do perhaps trace that idea too is the reality or at least the suspected reality that we've got health issues associated with paranormal uh, situations and I'm not just talking about mental health and you know Ben we've talked about this before that this there's an issue of uh, the electromagnetic fields oh yeah that that uh, permeate areas such as this most of them are very unstable at times things come and go they do funny things with space-time apparently and uh, as we mentioned uh, with your brother's aquarium that time, the, 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 this can be created 
uh, by something as simple as a as a filter pump on a fish tank, as in his case, uh, which was putting out 2,000 milligauss, and all kinds of weird things started to happen on the second floor of our house. So there are health issues here uh, that join the arguments about electropollution in our environment as it is, all the microwaves flowing through us all the time in this kind of business, and, and even speculation, uh, educated speculation by, by scientists that this may affect human behavior. And one wonders about the horrors that we've seen lately on the news. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's, it's not good. So, so anyway, this is, it is not a new idea that uh, – things of this kind can affect us and that our health is not just the responsibility of our bodies. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I I can see where he's coming from, but just putting it in different words just makes more sense to me. Yeah, well, it might even be, I don't know, I, I, I must say that, you know, that having been said, uh, I don't agree really with, with the concept. I'm very, for one thing, I'm very wary about us uh, palming off our personal responsibility on the devil made me do it kind of thing. I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. Now the fact is that these, uh, what we call these parasitical entities that folklore calls demons and all this stuff, really do uh, exist out there. Uh, we run into them all the time, and our interpretation is this is what they are. They will push buttons. They don't make people do things, but they they can push you and nudge you in a, in a direction. Well, there's a difference between making and suggesting things. Well, yeah. Well, a lot of people are very suggestible. Yeah. Especially when great enticements are put in front of them, like, hey, wow, I'm maybe a, door, a dork or something, but I'm really talking to a cosmic entity here, and boy, that makes me important. And that, that's a or real enticement. something as simple as pizza's good. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. Sure. So, so I think what Murray was saying was perhaps that in, in other ways, although I just I don't go as far as he does in saying that these things would have an influence. And I have a problem with human ghosts. Now, again, as we're always saying in the, the, our, with our multiverse theories, that something that can be uh, imagined or speculated upon must exist somewhere in this, what we call this multiverse. And this is one of the principles of one interpretation of quantum mechanics, that all possibilities do exist in concrete reality, just we're not conscious of them. We're only conscious of one family of worlds or stream of, of things that we make make sense. And I think we do that as a species and probably even as a biosphere. So the idea that uh, humans can leave their bodies when the bodies die and be everything they were before, essentially, I have a problem with that. I think that, that's, that there are probably universes where that perhaps can occur because the physics of, of, of the place are way different than they are here. Uh, but I don't think that it is very common. I don't think we encounter it very much. I think what we're encountering is the actual people in parallel worlds and the interaction notwithstanding. I think that's what it is. So I have a problem with people trying to live out desires they no longer have because they're not in bodies anymore. They're trying to get into people's bodies and influencing that way. Ben, what do you think about that? Oh, well, I was just signaling how much time we had left. But what I well, do I think that. is perhaps if we spin this a different way and say and look at it from a perspective that, well... Somewhere, somewhen, I am this person. Well, that, well yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly the next step of, of what we're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what I was thinking the entire time Murray was talking. That, yeah. Like, somewhere, someone he was his grandfather. I well, mean, I, he may put it in different terms. Yeah. But that's just how 
I interpret well, it. Well, exactly, especially if it's somebody who's a bodily ancestor in that particular time stream. Yeah. You know, one thing that, that really came to mind when, when we were talking about that, too, was the idea of the multiple personalities or the um, uh, dissociative identity disorder, as it's called formally. And, uh, you know, I encountered that several times in working in psychiatric hospitals as a uh, seminary student and as a graduate student in psychology. And I was able to uh, sort of get the, the impression that these were real people talking through these people. And I don't know how it worked. And I suspected maybe it's ghosts of people coming through, just as Murray said. But I think since then, uh, personally, I've, I've kind of gone a step farther in my thinking on that. And I think what's happening, of course, is that you're dealing with yourselves, other aspects of yourselves. Because when that takes place, they call you schizophrenic. They don't realize that these really are parts of yourselves. And in order to kind of keep your feet on the ground and grow spiritually, you get it together as your whole self and all these th these people you're, you know, whose lives you're living in, in the, sort of the uh, uh, subconscious world. And in those lives, what you're living here is part of your subconscious world. And it all goes together into a rather elegant unity. Then uh, these, are, these are lives you can learn from and benefit from in, in all, over, overall. So I think that's what's happening. And when there is a dysfunction there, when it's disheveled and unbalanced, then you have yourself coming through as such and such a personality saying, oh, let's abuse our bodies by eating too much pizza. Yeah. Or, or let's take drugs or let's do this. You know, and, and they, they have that desire. But if they don't have a body, I don't see how you can have bodily desires. I mean, maybe I'm simple-minded, but that's just philosophically. Yeah, why would, you, why, why would you still care? I mean, if you... Yeah, unless you're already living, you're, you're still living that life with that body. And you, you're, you're a part... Yeah, yeah, you ever... Well, it's like, it's, it's like in one world... Uh, I could just be sitting here, and then another world. I'm, uh, let's say, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, Anything. Well, whatever. I'm some person who's out at a restaurant, can't think of what they want, and like, oh, well, I'll have spaghetti or something. Yeah. And I'm here. I'm like, oh well, I can go for some spaghetti right about now. That's like, how it works. I think you know. It, I mean, yeah, it's all it's all you. Well, I mean, like you could go, you could take it and use evidence with Carl Jung and like the collective unconscious except exactly. taking it another step farther yeah. saying that any anyone at any time you are connected to always i think that's where it was headed he, he was developing a philosophy of of uh the you know personhood the entire human race and he because he went you know he, he thought he thought freud just did, wasn't good enough so it's kind of like us you know the, the classical ideas aren't good enough yeah i'm not really a fan of freud no really so but in any case uh certainly <laughs> I, I wanted to before we, we're going to take a break right now we'll we'll move on to another email uh thank you for writing in uh, leo the uh, we finally uh much to the um um relief i i hope of many of the people look at our facebook page and our website i have a new photograph of us we did it on there a new banner and uh hope you like it and uh you know let us know what you think it is but it took it took what four years and oh, a lot a, of prodding longer, even oh, even uh, lisa that. rodman our uh, executive producer here was saying that uh gee you guys gotta have to get a new photograph so we finally have done that through the courtesy of a wonderful person known as Judith Potter, Judith Potter Photography in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, who did that for us. So in any case, uh, check that out and see if you, you like it. So you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com and Radio.com. i got to get that straight one of these days. Uh, so we will be right back and continue our journey into the paranormal through questions from you. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back. And we're answering some emails here that uh, we have referenced, at least the beginning uh, emails here are in reference to uh, our good friend Murray Silver appearing last week and some of his opinions that... Uh, we didn't necessarily agree with, but we respect Murray very much. And uh, that was an anti-Murray. Here's a pro-Murray one that's rather from the heart. So yeah, it's, so getting yeah, both it's sides from, of the story. Um, so uh, we're, oh, so we're going to start there? Yeah. I, I, it doesn't even say who this is from. Oh, well. Yeah, just, no name, and it doesn't say where, but. Ben, well, that, that's what happens when people don't use the form. Yeah. So well, this is from somebody. Somewhere. From somewhere who wrote something, um, and that something is. I heard Murray Silver as a guest on your show recently, and he was discussing a situation in his life that he felt was caused by a ghost attachment. I was amazed, uh, to put it mildly, uh, that the situation he referred to was 
almost identical to mine. I have uh, long suspected that I had an attachment, but as you know, conventional society would write me off as a cook. Uh, I don't know what that means. So paranoid, etc. Cook. Cook. Oh, why does he cook? Yeah. Cook. Well, maybe I, maybe I'm sure he's a good cook too. But no, um, be nah, yes, society would write you off as a cook. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, society write me off as a as a cook, uh, paranoid, etc. Uh, leaving me without an avenue for help. I don't know where to turn, and I feel that if I could uh, contact him, he could help me. Uh, like him, my life is being ruined by what is going on with me, and I feel certain that he could be of great assistance. I, too, have uh, done extensive ghost research since 2005, uh, so I am a prime candidate for something like this to happen. Well, one of the warnings last week that came up, uh, that certainly Marie and, and us uh, certainly agreed 100% about, was don't be getting into these situations. If the paranormal comes to you, that's one thing. The problems can be worked out. But to go seeking it out as though you're looking for butterflies or something or birds is not a good idea. This is not a lighthearted it's not like going on a roller coaster. Well, maybe a rickety <clears throat> old wooden roller coaster. Yeah, where well, you could, you know, get get pancaked. But it's just not a good idea. So uh, I have put this this writer in uh, touch with Murray, and hopefully they will be able to uh, have some positive effects from that. So uh, thank you for writing in, uh, whoever it is. We do ask you to put your name, even if you use the standard email, uh, Paul at behindtheparanormal dot com or Bennett behind. Well, I don't think he meant for it to be read on the. No, air. no. Well, well, no. I mean. Uh, th- th- that's that's the standing rule. Anything can be read on the air. We don't give your name <clears throat> unless you specifically ask us to. And even though, even then, I think twice about it because it can back can come back to haunt you. Oh uh, yes, yes <laughs> indeed. Ah, uh, Yeah. Ah. And so, in any case, we we uh, we do encourage you to write. Please put your name and where you're from, even if it's just the state or the province or country or whatever. All right. So let's move on to. Uh, I think. Okay. Well, no, this is uh, another one on the same mission. There, there are a lot we're not going to read about that appearance, but I uh, just wanted to give you a taste of it. Uh, this is from Carl J. in British Columbia. Says, don't use his full name. Well, it's just a J, so I don't think it really matters. Uh, so, hi, Paul and Ben. Uh, I am a mental health professional, and I think people should uh, get college credit for listening to your show. <laughs> uh, having worked with patients with disassociative identity disorder, uh, usually called multiple personalities, I really relate to what you say about paranormal lives. Uh, listening to Murray on last week's show, I see why you disagreed with him on the nature of these phenomena. Uh, Murray and so many others always uh, seem to agree with you, but I don't think they understand the multiverse the same way you do. Uh, But I have to say that I do not think the notion of ghosts or spirits looking for a chance to get into our bodies really does the job when it comes to uh, why this happens. And then he says, anyway, keep those great shows coming. And that's it. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Carl. I appreciate that. And again, you know, uh, the first thing I always say with with folks is, you know, we could be wrong. They could be right. You know, I mean, I've been at this for over 40 years, but you can do things wrong for 40 years. Uh, Maybe these folks are right. We certainly are in the minority in our approach to this. But uh, personally, I mean, it works for us, and I, I think it's correct. But hey, who knows? So that's why we entertain many, many different opinions on the show, and we try to show respect certainly to everyone. But, uh, uh, I don't really see a question here, Carl, but uh, nevertheless, thank you for writing in. Uh, more of a statement. Yeah, we do. Have a, it's more of a statement, but we do tend to agree with you. 
uh, that again, and, and the, the operative words here, it just uh, doesn't do the job. I think some of these older theories, uh, which I say, maybe, maybe, maybe we're wrong, but I, I don't uh, think so. Uh, again, the notions of uh, ghosts or spirits looking for a chance to get into our bodies. I, I just, I've never seen anything like that that can't be explained in other ways. And I, I just, I just don't, uh, don't think it's, it's a legitimate approach. It is, however, what we see with our five senses. Yeah. We tend to approach reality according to our own terms and that's natural but our our own perception is extremely limited and that's why we say as the motto of our show everything you know is wrong yeah so all right <clears throat> so thank you again carl appreciate it when the mental health people write in because that uh um, gives us a some encouragement anyway right, this is from kathy in denver colorado all righty so kathy writes to us uh Hi, guys. I'm really worried about my friend. Uh, she said she has a male ghost in her house that is always watching her. She actually sees him standing at the end of the hall looking at her. He's kind of fuzzy, but she sees his face uh, very plainly. Uh, the trouble is nobody in her family believes her because they do not see him. They think she is crazy. I heard, your, uh, I heard you answer questions like this before, and I can say that she has not been involved with seances or anything like that. Uh, how can she find out who this guy is and what she can do about it? Uh, she is very scared. Oh, that's that's interesting. <clears throat> you want to start with that one, Bill? Well, if she's the only one seeing it, that's kind of a red flag for us. Because usually that's the first can question be. we ask. Yeah. That's saying, well, does any has anybody else seen this? Right. Again, well, we we this we're kind of sabotaging ourselves here because we say keep the emails brief. Yeah. But, again, we'd need detail in saying, well, does she have a history of any mental health problems? Sure. Um, where is this place? Well, Den- Denver, so. Well, the friend might be in uh, Boise, Idaho or something. You know, this is the writer from Denver, so we don't, we don't really know. No, you're right. It's, it's a bit of a catch-22. We like you to keep these short. But what we do is if, if, if a case really uh, – Seems as and and we we can our time is limited. It's it's really not just can't be all things to all people. You go crazy if you try, but we do try to respond to some of the more uh, urgent um, urgent yeah. situations here, and uh, then we get try to get more information. But uh, anyway, that be that as it may, this is a very common situation. And as a matter of fact, I've run into exactly this kind of thing several times before. Ah, a friend in uh, uh, South Carolina, for example. Nobody you know, mom's family's from ah. there, but, but uh, this was someone I knew through uh, some organization I was in. Uh, they had exactly this situation. They had a, a man who would stand uh, at the end of the hallway and kind of look at, at them. And I've seen this other times before. There are certain, I suppose you might call them archetypes, standard myth figures, I suppose you might call them, <clears throat> uh, that manifest as as ghosts, now I should explain that statement. Um, there are common ghosts that are reported. For example, the man in the checkered shirt yeah. is a very common theme. The little girl with the blonde hair, sometimes with flowers in her hair, is a common theme. And I find that it's a common theme, unfortunately, in my experience, in parasite cases. Because, for example, what is what what is less threatening than a little blonde girl with flowers in her hair that you see in the hallway? That's the middle college. of the night, that kind of thing, you know. Um, I find that parasites will sometimes work their way into your lives because they're very intelligent. They learn about you uh, and as they feed on you. 
and they kind of work their way in and they will do they will do things that are either very frightening or very reassuring in order to get your your confidence it depends on the species different species work different ways so i suspect uh, again without knowing anything else and i almost hesitate to say that this could be a parasite situation also whenever you have uh, an apparent human ghost that interacts with you on a regular basis or who knows you're there or and, and, and obviously does not somehow feel like a, a guardian or an ancestor and because they and, and sometimes you can't trust that either but I think way if we are mature in any way emotionally and spiritually I think we know when that's the case we, we, we know when, when a loved one is kind of watching out for us other times there are parasites who pretend to be loved ones and people buy it so it all depends on the situation but I, I suspect this could be uh, at the risk of speculating beyond uh, what I should, this could be a parasitical entity because that's what this themed sort of appearance, this 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 sort of apparition, has turned out to be. But why has nobody else seen it? In most of my, uh, well, she's because she's she's the the, the host. The uh, you know, maybe actually, I should have I should have I should have known that. It's just that that part just sticks out to me. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's true. Uh, yeah, no, but but Ben is right. I think it, you you really have to be careful when you're the only one seeing these things. But it doesn't mean that the experience is not legitimate. No, no. And it very often means that the thing is 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 parasitical. I do suspect that the rest of the family is um, is having funny feelings here and there and won't admit it, and they don't or they don't know why it's why they do. Uh, a little bit of feeling of being watched or a feeling of a presence. Most people just. Just say, ah, that's one of those things that don't pay any attention to. Yeah, it's like is, Beetlejuice. Yeah, and that could be kind of dumb because your your instincts are what they are for a reason. It's a survival instinct, and when you're you feel that you're being watched or whatever, that that's that's something you should pay attention to. So, I would say, Kathy, that uh, you might want to have your friend drop us a line about this, uh, maybe with some more information. But I suspect it's possible, whether she's been involved with seances or not. That this could be a parasitical entity because a lot, many often, very often, these things have to do with uh, the 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 place, not, and the people, and all the ducks have to be lined up for these things to manifest. Um, you can get into the geotechnics of the area. Uh, you'd like to know where this might be. Uh, that that might be um, it might be near high tension wires, which oddly enough we find can be a stimulus to the uh, blending of space and time that allow these things to come through. So that, that's, that's, the, uh, that's pretty much all we can say on that, but I'd say uh, probably ought to get in touch with us uh, on that. Uh, we are almost to another break, but I think we can at least read one more uh, here and that we can come back to after the break. All right, this is from Billy K. in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Ah, yeah, Billy writes to us. Hi, Paul and Ben. I try to listen to both your shows live, but I always catch the podcasts at least. Uh, thank you for keeping them free, and you're welcome. Uh, I heard your Monday show a few weeks ago uh, when you talked about the Rhode Island encounters uh, with Raymond Bullock. Uh, there are a number of stories from the 50s through the 70s, uh, the 1950s to be specific, not the 1750s, uh, <laughs> about people running into or being spied on by weird guys with odd names that look human or and say or imply that they are aliens. Uh, but all we hear uh, about now are abductions and encounters with creatures that, to say the least, do not always look human and do not bother to give names. Why has this changed? 
That's a good question. Uh, thank you very much, Billy. Uh, actually, the name was Raymore Bolock, and that occurred in, I believe, it was 1966. Yeah, Raymond's kind of a kind of a normal sounding. Yeah, name. Ramon and Ray, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't spell it on the air, so you wouldn't have heard. But Raymore Bolock, and that came from a magazine produced by our dear, very dear friend Joe Ferrier, who was uh, on our other station with us. He used to precede us on Monday afternoons. Uh, on the local Boston Providence station here, and he, what he would uh, was a very well-known UFO expert uh, in the 1960s. And uh, having explained who Raymore Bullock, uh, how you pronounce it, I will be right back after a break, and we'll talk more about this because it's a good point here that uh, Billy brings up. So you're listening to Behind the Paranormal on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com, Radio.com as well. Be right back. Stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. Oh, 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. So welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we just read Billy's question. And he was asking about the, the why the change in, from the 19, uh, 1950s and 70s uh, incidents with uh, Raymore Bullock it, to why it's just abductions now. Yeah, I know there's Wacom aliens don't have any of those real cool, weird names anymore. You know, other, other examples other than Raymore Bullock, which happened right here in the one socket, nor- the northern Rhode Island area where, where we live and broadcast from. And uh, that that was a um, an article in Joe Ferry's magazine Probe, uh, which obviously doesn't exist anymore. But that was back in the '60s, and Joe recently passed away, but or translated, as we say, and uh, well-known fellow in that field. But that was in his magazine. And as a matter of fact, the, the man who experienced Raymond Bullock is still around this area. He's a senior citizen, of course, by now, but he lives in uh, nearby Massachusetts, and we didn't dare mention his name on the air. Uh, because I don't think you'd appreciate it. No. But in any case, uh, things like this occurred frequently at times. You know, I, I'm thinking of Billy Meyer, or Myers, uh, in Switzerland. The fe- I believe he's in Switzerland. The fellow who was the uh, one of the um, major guys at a certain period in UFO sightings, and he took pictures. And I have my suspicions about it, but he was dealing with the symbiose, he said, which was a, a, a lovely female alien who would uh, g- uh, sort of whisk him off on, on uh, joy rides and UFOs. And, ah, it sounds like uh, Elijah. Give him a, yeah, well, <laughs> it, yeah, it does. You're right. There are biblical precedents for this. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, then there was so, actually a With made, the greatest respect to Billy. There was a made fun of version of something to that effect yeah. in uh, the X-Files in the third season. And there was this guy who came in contact with this alien called Lord Kimboat. Lord Kimboat. Yes. Uh, well, maybe this is Billy. It says Billy. Maybe Billy's writing in here under an assumed name from the sort of uh, just saying he's in Dorchester, Mass. Anyway, uh, just a joke. But, uh, of course, the most famous alien with a weird name has got to be Indrid Cole. Ah, yes. Certainly from the Mothman period in the, the, the Valley. They certainly have imaginative names. Of course, they probably think our names are weird. Well, these really are aliens. Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, But Raymar Bullock came out and said he really was. And, of course, Indrid Cold not only uh, landed in the middle of the highway, a highway we drove on, by the way, in 03 when we were down there. Ah, yes, that was fun. Yeah. And uh, he landed there and stopped uh, this poor guy, uh, Woody Dernberger, and whose daughter we have had on the show, who oh, remembers yeah. having seen this guy uh, here herself coming to their house and uh, with, with another guy who was supposedly an alien and they looked very human and then of course then there, there's the issue of what about these men in black I mean a lot of them don't seem quite right people will report I've never seen one myself I don't know about you no that well might... not that I know of at least no right uh, although there have been well, a lot of weird yeah. people hanging around our area know. watching well, our house and stuff over the years yeah, well, I think it. I think it's extended. You just don't hear about it that much anymore because I guess nobody wants to talk about well, it. Well, no. I mean, well, how do you approach that if you're a normal person, unlike ourselves? Well, I mean, like we had Brenda on the show a few weeks back, and she was Brenda Butler. Us, yeah. yeah, Brenda Butler. Yeah. We had her on the show a few weeks back. She was talking about this guy that was from this. I never had to ask questions about that. I was I was very confused about the whole thing. Yeah, with that guy that was a reptilian or whatever. And yeah, that was strange. Uh, that was pretty. It just took him to, to meet Lord Hill Norton. I mean, we're talking about the Rendlesham Forest case in England that we, that we talk about frequently on the show. And yeah, that, that, I, that's what we were. Yeah, I, I had a few questions about that, but I yeah. just I we didn't have any time to ask. Well, you're right. That, that that's a very modern example. Yeah, that's pretty of somebody, modern. And you know his name and everything else. So, so this was a very common occurrence. Uh, so I, I would say perhaps uh, Billy, it has not 
entirely ended. Perhaps we're not hearing about it as much, but uh, there there does seem to be. And um, Ted Phillips from uh, Missouri, who has been on the show too, is a great uh, cataloger of UFO landings and and evidence of UFO, physical evidence of UFO landings. Uh, he's uh, uh, well known to us and and has has been on with us, and he will point out that the the evolution of the UFO experience is quite evident if you look at the history of it. Uh, for example. Uh, he was using the t- in in terms of craft, they were always seemingly metallic objects that would land, you know, on legs, and uh, you could touch them. Uh, it, you've you've got the whole the whole Rendlesham case with Jim Pennis, you know, touching this craft. It really wasn't metallic, I don't think, but uh, that sort of thing, and getting some kind of kind of a binary code download and this kind of thing. Uh, all these craft uh, seem to have uh, diminished in frequency, and you have more, as Ted said. Orbs, almost like, yeah, or triangular or, or like a triangular craft, that kind of thing. So it has evolved. Well, I think that has something to do with people's belief. I, I think. yeah, because in the 1950s and 70s, you had a lot of there was a lot of things about flying saucers, and you had a, a lot. There, there was a big thing in popular culture, like the 1950s, especially. I mean, like right after Roswell, that's when the big UFO craze happened. Yeah, well, there were a lot of movies too. Oh yeah, they're, they're fun mean, to watch today. You know. Yeah. Especially uh, the day the Earth stood still and all this with oh, yeah, the Michael Rennie and War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds, yeah. version, not the new, right, version, right, not the new version, the old one. People ate it up. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I agree with that that the experience has evolved, but why? I mean, why aren't people still seeing these metallic objects? I think well, they are, but they're not as often. Yeah, other kinds I mean, of, yeah. I feel as if. Uh, with the changing times, the people's beliefs change, and thus they see things differently. That I think that's true. But on the other hand, too, they may have seen the the balls of light and things of this kind in the old days, but didn't quite match them up with the UFOs. Didn't quite equate them with anything other than ghosts. Or, and this is what we're always saying. This gets right back to our, our theory that really all all these paranormal affairs have a common root. In the multiverse, that's how they get through. They, they, they might be from different worlds and different things. They might be aliens from other planets. They might be uh, some sort of non-human entities or even ghosts of some kind. And uh, but but they all come through in the same way. And they might be confused depending on the context in which you see them. Right. So it's as- also become less of a well. The UFO field isn't hasn't isn't a big pop culture thing anymore. Like it was before. You think not? In the, well, I don't think it's as big as it was. I mean, maybe it's because people accept it so readily. I mean, I think you often wonder, you know, if if a, a, a real, of course, I don't know, I suppose if the, the darn thing landed on the White House lawn, as as the the, the cliched scenario goes, and they get out and then walked in to talk to the president, it would be somebody still wouldn't believe it. You yeah. Know? As a matter of fact, there's speculation now that the government is so evil that they will ho- put holographic images in the sky to make us think there's an alien invasion. I mean, all this wild stuff that who knows anything can happen today with the technology yeah. we have. So who knows? But I think that's not all that likely kind of a scenario. I think more, more than likely we've just got multiverse stuff going on that goes on all the time. Uh, but in different periods, we interpret it in different ways because of our because of just what we said. We have a very limited perception based on our own physical senses, and mm. as we develop uh, uh, in technologically, our perceptions change. So then would, would you, you agree with the statement that someone who's more open to uh, like 
seeing unidentified flying objects in the sky will more likely be able to see un- unidentified flying objects in the sky, whether yeah, it be a real that... experience or not. What do you think? Well, I'd probably have to say yes. I, I think I would too, yeah. Now, th- then th- there's there's another point of view on that. Stan Friedman uh, <laughs> believes, as you know from the many talks you've had with them on the air, uh, that perhaps alien technology, and that Ted Phillips agrees this too, perhaps alien technology, if that's what it is, is what has advanced. Maybe they're not using, or wh- whatever groups are there, if that's what they are, are, are not using metallic craft as much, and they're using more light envelopes and things of this kind, uh, perhaps, or some, some other form of technology that we don't perceive in the same way. So that, that's another possibility. Or maybe there's a combination. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's something that we don't see ever, I mean, how are we supposed to perceive it? Like, if you take a computer back to, like, the Dark Ages and, like, try to show them how it works, even if you could somehow find the power to power it up, I mean, I doubt they'd perceive that as what we perceive it as. I don't think so. I think you're right. They, they, they perceive it as some kind of magic or evil and burn it at the stake or something. It's, it's tie a computer to a stake. Not necessarily a bad idea, in my opinion. Something. No, no. So, no, no. Yeah. But anywho, yeah, so if if it's something that we're not used to seeing or something that we can't comprehend, then how are we supposed to perceive it? No, exactly. But uh, just to get to some specifics on Billy's question, I think uh, there may be people... Because remember, they're still talking about aliens among us, you know, hybrids and all this stuff. Whatever that and means. And perhaps they didn't see them as hybrids then. You know, again, you know. Yeah, ideas have changed since. Yeah, ideas have changed. So I think this may still be going on. Strange aliens with strange names. Uh, they may be uh, working their whatever they're doing among us. That, that, that's entirely possible. But we don't perceive it in the same way we did then. Uh, because th- this guy, Raymore Bullock, actually essentially hinted that he was was an alien talk about you know uh, our people and he would approach the guy because he had seen ufos as joe farrier had and uh, and that kind of thing so maybe it's it's as you say it's it's not it hasn't changed but it's just our perception yeah yeah okay well all right so there we are <clears throat> best we can do right now on that all right now we've got uh ooh, two, two minutes okay, actually just, probably a minute and a half we, we can start one here uh this is uh going back to haunted places and this is from gary in just says Oregon. Oh, well, Oregon's a pretty nice place. I've uh, never been there, unfortunately. No, I've never been there either. All right, so Gary writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. Uh, can a ghost haunt your property but not your house? I have a weird situation where you can feel somebody, sometimes more than one, outside in the yard and in the trees. You can hear voices and footsteps out there, and there are uh, times when the dogs do not want to leave the house. Uh, I can feel, or I feel watched... And I just know that somebody is uh, looking in the window. But inside the house, things are always uh, as peaceful as can be. What's this about? Well, that, that's a very good uh, good question, Gary, and thank you for writing it in. Uh, I, I guess we... We have, a, we, have, we have less than a minute. Yeah, okay, why, why don't we uh, take our break and then we'll get back to Gary's question. But uh, let me just say, I have seen this on several occasions. Yes. All right, so, so, so we can uh, probably... Uh, speculate about it, certainly. So anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and Radio.com. We will be right back to continue our answering our questions from listeners, so stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. 
tried to beat you, but you're so hot that I melted. I fell right through the cracks. Now I'm trying to get back. Before the cool done run out, I'll be giving it my best. This and nothing's gonna stop me but divine intervention. I reckon it's again my turn to win some or learn some, but I won't hesitate no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm yours. Tongue in the mirror and bending over backwards just to try to see it clearer. But my breath fogged up the glass, and so I drew a new face and I laughed. I guess what I'll be saying is there ain't no better reason to rid yourself of vanities and just go with the seasons. It's what we aim to do. Our name is our virtue, but I won't hesitate. No more, no more. It cannot wait. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back, and we just posed a question before the break from Gary in Oregon, and he was asking, can a ghost haunt your property but not your house? And he explained his uh, situation. I don't know what's going on on the West Coast lately with this, but we're hearing a lot of it. Well, the answer, a simple answer there, Gary, is yes, it does seem to be the case. And uh, again, whether it's uh, ghosts in any classical sense, I have serious doubts, but a lot of weird things do happen. Uh, because of uh, crossings uh, over in, in from one world to another and various denizens and people and this sort of thing can manifest. And we've, we, uh, we outlined many examples of that on the show. Uh, it is um, generally uh, not common, but it does happen that they, these events do not take place inside but, but outside, especially if your property is near high-tension wires or is uh, otherwise affected by uh, something like uh, high water tables, things of this kind, because water, unless it's distilled, will conduct electromagnetic fields, and that is the cause, generally, of these 
a multiversal phenomena that we refer to as paranormal. So I'd like to hear more about this. As a matter of fact, oddly enough, it wasn't in Oregon, but in California, we read uh, a note from a fellow uh, with whom I spoke on the phone also uh, who had lived in uh, uh, Occidental California and had a very similar experience with things, although things were happening in, a, in his house too, but there was outdoors and it was everywhere. And I think what you probably have there, I'd like to know if you have other people in your household who might or might not be experiencing these things. Certainly you mentioned the dogs don't want to go out at times. And I have experienced cases where yeah, I've, I've really been sure something has been looking in through the window. Okay, One of the things that, that I think has to be pointed out here uh, from my point of view is that you have the phenomenon of feeling something's looking in the window or someone. Uh, you often see uh, when something is going on in a house, uh, so for example, uh, several cases have had a figure of a, of a lady looking down into a, a, a baby a cradle that there, or a crib that's there. That's perfectly real in our world, but the figure seems to be ethereal somehow or a ghost, whatever. Uh, that we hear rather commonly. And I have found that when communicating with these people, something I don't recommend, but if they come to you, that's something else. And in my case, I feel that I've got the experience to do that. Maybe that's naive on my part, but I've had some interesting results. Uh, they seem to be people just carrying on their lives in a parallel reality, bodies and all. They're not dead. Nobody's dead. I don't believe in such a thing. And they, they see the house as their house and they see the baby as their baby and they just came in to check on their baby and we see them through this world boundary, electromagnetic world boundary as an ethereal figure, transparent or white or sometimes perfectly solid, uh, just looking into a cradle, which happens to be in the same place. I mean, and th this, this does seem to happen. Uh, I think that is in many ways more plausible than some spirit of somebody who's died uh, coming, uh, you know, sort of floating around and doing this. So I think that that's, uh, it could be, uh, that's your situation. And why it's not in the house, maybe uh, there was no house or is no house in this in this parallel reality where these people are, or in some of them. It's a very, it, it gets rather complicated, but odd, it's oddly simple at the same time. So I think what you may be dealing with here is something like that. I don't think you've got a problem with dead people. I would like to know if you do feel threatened or extremely frightened, uh, or somehow uh, affect, are affected negatively by this, Gary. You might want to drop us another line on that. Uh, if not, it's just one of those things. It is the normal state of our planet, I guess. And I would say that you just ought to uh, keep an eye on it and, again, let us, uh, let us know if there is some, some problem. But, again, we have run into this very frequently um, as far as things being outside and that's why we always when we investigate a certain site and sometimes there is no house at all it's just a piece of land we will always check uh, the outside and the whole perimeter and even uh, the neighboring properties if that is permitted or if it's possible uh, you can't just usually walk up to the neighbor when you're in our position and say oh gee you're having any weird things going on but when you do contact them you find that the answer is almost always yes that these phenomena are never limited to one particular house or piece of property they do tend to extend over a wide area why because the conditions that allow these things to manifest are not always limited to one small piece of land uh, they are geotechnic as i've said they are um, um, electromagnetic and that they certainly can affect a wide area so i think that's well, uh, it's like the the uh, saying that witches can't cross water yeah yeah i mean th th these these folk 
sayings exist for a reason. There's always some grain of truth in folklore, you know. So, okay, we, we're, we're down to four minutes here, but uh, maybe very quickly, here's a real short one. Let's, let's do that. What is the meaning of life? Is yes. It? Yes, Monty Python. Uh, Martin in Oakland County, Michigan. All right, so Martin writes to us. Uh, Dear Paul and Ben, I look forward to your podcasts every week. I don't disagree with everything you say, but I think you have some uh, really important insights that will take us to a new understanding. I am wondering whether you know of any ghost hunting teams, I know you don't like the term, uh, that use your theories in in their investigations, and what is the result? Somebody else asked that recently. I I don't know the result. There are are some who say, have written in to say that they are starting to use our theories and methods, which of course are based on this multiverse idea rather than on the spiritualist approach that is more usual. And um, has, has anybody written to you saying that, that they, what their results have been? I mean, no, I, the opposite actually. Really? Well, I I, I've had somebody wrote, wrote to me who said that, that they've had great success, but I think, I don't think they get it. This is very hard for the wet. Once you get it, it it's, it's like second nature, but I don't know. So what have people said to you? Uh, well, the only person I remember, who some guy who wanted to be on the show, who wanted to debate us about our theories, and... Oh, I'd like to... Uh, oh, that was a long time ago. You, oh, don't, it... you don't want... I told you about it, and you said no. Okay. Uh, anyway... Well, there must have been a good reason. I, I there like it is a good reason. I said no as well. Okay. All anyway. Right. Anyway. So, no. Well, plus, my email's really weird, and I really have to fix it. So okay. It, it, so, I... I, I most of the stuff that comes to me is just, I don't get it till yeah. much later. We we don't have a lot of those people on the show because we don't really take them very seriously. Most and now there are exceptions to that. There are some fine people out there investigating, but most of them have no business doing that. I think uh, they have no qualifications and no background, and just it's a hobby and it's a big mistake. So in any case, I think that's uh, uh, something. I think, but I have heard that some groups are trying to use our methods, but I don't. I don't think they really get it there are there are one or two i'm thinking of shane in new hampshire yeah uh who gets it because we've been talking about this for many years and uh but i just people just don't let us know about that because i think they know that we we don't really pay a lot of attention to that particular area of of the paranormal you know with all due respect to the to the, the good people out there who are doing that and i don't know an awful lot of them anyway um uh, we'll we'll keep you informed on that if we hear any more about it okay so check out my books on Barnes & Noble Nook, e-reader, and Amazon Kindle and on Amazon.com, Paul F. Eno, the author. And check out, check out information on our website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where we finally have a new photograph of ourselves. Yep. And that has guest information, past, present, and future. All right. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson. And we will see you right here next week, March 3rd, when my dad and I will welcome Tom Reed of the Reed Family UFO Abduction Case. And the lie detector expert, Jim Morris, uh, for a uh, look at, quote, uh, lie detectors and the paranormal, unquote. So send your questions now to Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com or Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com. Or use the question form on the, on the uh, show website, which we've already given you yes. the website numerous times. Right. Uh, in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WOON, 1240 AM, worldwidecom at 6 p.m. Eastern every time, every Monday. And check out the almost 450 free podcasts of past shows at BehindTheParanormal.com. And we leave you this evening with a thought from the great philosopher and Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius. 
The happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. So guard accordingly. Take care that you entertain no notions unsuitable to virtue and reasonable nature. So thanks for joining us in our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.